Hey everybody, welcome to Throne Wrenches Podcast. This is Eric Stahl. And I'm Daryl Scott. And this is the auto podcast that's going to spend way too much time talking EVs and autonomous vehicles on this episode. I guess we can thank Joe Biden for that, <laughs> I think right? we can't. Well, maybe. Uh, not really. I don't know. Sorry, not sorry. It's, it, are we getting too political? I, no, unfortunately, all the news and all the rage this week was all about Infrastructure Act. And we're going to talk so much about EVs and not about Broncos or Wranglers. I apologize for it in advance. How's that? I thought that's what this show was about, Eric. What the heck? <laughs> it's about cars, Daryl. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to talk about cars, too. Anyway, and trucks and EVs and, and electronic things that drive you down the road so you can play uh, on your... On your Pac-Man, on your phone. I don't know what you play. Uh, what do you play on your phone when you're driving, Daryl? Pokemon Go? No, I'm just kidding. Are, I you, no are idea. you trying to catch some Pokemon? I have no idea. That's. I think that's a thing again. It is. Oh, my daughter did it when we were at the Indian Mounds. Anyway, for real. different story. All right, all right. Uh, follow along on my blog. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, and also, you know, if you want to enjoy the fun of the show, join in. Email us at info at Throwing Wrenches or hop on the socials at Throwing Wrenches. You'll find us on Facebook and uh, Instagram. And now... Uh, um, the tick of the talk. The tick of the talk. The tick of the talk of the hip of the hop. Yeah, Daryl. Uh, so it's uh, at it's throwing wrenches, throwing wrenches. So we'll yeah. put some stuff up there. Once I, I we think figure you're it chopping out. broccoli or something. Chopping broccoli. <laughs> we'll figure that out once we know that platform well. In and out. It's In the meantime, watch Daryl cook zucchini. I did. That's no joke. There is a video on there for. <laughs> Uh, Parmesan garlic zucchini fries. All right. We start all shows as we always do, so we get the sponsors right out of the way so we can get right to the content. If you don't know our sponsors, well, you're going to find out right now about Fort's Toyota Pekin. Fort's Toyota Pekin is a family-owned, new and used car Toyota dealership in North Pekin, Illinois. You can find them on the web at www.toyota-pekin.com. There you'll find their inventory of new and used cars. You also find the Auto Smart, which is your uh, financing for people with maybe troubled credit. Uh, they have some great used cars over there. But you'll also find our service department, our parts department. You'll find we have awesome Toyota accessories right now. And I say we because I don't know, Daryl, if you don't know, I work at Fort Toyota Peak. And full disclaimer. Full, full. Yeah, yeah you got to get ser- that out there. I'm service manager there. So what recently. The Toyota Chicago region has been pushing on factory accessories and uh, the TRD wheels, the TRD accessories for your Tundras and Tacomas are super cool. They got lifts, they got tires, they got rims. No tires, sorry. But the rims and the all the little accessories, the blackout emblems for your uh, Toyota logos, super cool stuff. So check that out, toyota-peakin.com, or you can call them anytime at 309-382-4000. Also like to say thank you to our other sponsors. They include the KC Law Office, proud sponsor of the Throwing Wrenches podcast since day one. That's right, the very number beginning. One, number one sponsor. And uh, they, of course, specialize in uh, automotive purchases, repair, consumer law, things of that nature, home purchases, you know, anything you might need a little bit of representation against or just some legal advice. Be happy to take care of that for you. CLOMorton.com on the World Wide Web. You can get in contact with Mr. Gabriel Casey and uh, get you the results you deserve there. Also, Arena Esports in beautiful downtown Morton, not that far from the place that sells the really yummy scones. Oh, yes. It is the place in central Illinois for gamers. Located in downtown Morton, Arena Esports has a little something for everyone, including people like Eric. They offer PC <laughs> gaming, <laughs> PS5, Xbox Series 10, or whatever. Anything you need. 
need, there's something there. It's a great, great venue if you have a corporate event, maybe a little bachelor party, or you got some kids you need to entertain for a couple hours. Definitely a kid entertainment zone. So cool. Check it out. They've also got some uh, really cool um, uh, VR games as well. 309arena.com. Check them out on the web. And uh, I was going to say, try out the, the virtual there, because before you buy an Oculus, mm-hmm. go to his place, try it out. He's got all the cool and the latest games, and you can see whether or not you want that thing or not. I mean, yeah. it's, it, we talk about this all the time, whether it's Turo or all these other these things, these, these platforms where you can try it before you buy it. Yeah. Go to Arena Esports and try out all this stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And just a cool place to hang out. Yeah. Also, thanks to our Patreon supporters, Eric. Have we picked up any new Patreons? In the- uh, we got one back, and okay. uh, we we lost Keith, but the 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 dude from Kokomo is back, and we appreciate his support. And uh, here now, no, yeah, no, we got uh, some great Patreon supporters. Those Patreon subscribers got a great pre-show. Listen, I'm not I'm not just here to patronize the Patreoners, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you this. They get some great content. There was an hour and five minutes of us talking about Roger Ebert and uh, a lot know. of art. Yeah, we did talk a lot of art this Music, time. Music, arts, so. and culture. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, so go to patreon.com and subscribe to uh, Throne Wrenches. Literally $5 a month gets you an awesome pre-show, gets you a whole different side of Daryl and I, and it's a lot of fun. We enjoy doing it, and we appreciate support, and it goes to new hardware and stuff to help the show run, so thank you, Patreon folks. Right on, right on. Uh, you heard some feedback from one of the uh, uh, customers you talked well, so, about. So Steve Brown, uh, he had paid extra. It, it, uh, I should, maybe I shouldn't have called out Steve, but anyway, he had, he had paid a little extra as a patron or to uh, pimp you know, something. And Bessler Welding is who he, he's always talking about. Bessler made that giant tank that's in the back of his giant of his GMC truck that he uses when he's driving casually from New York City to Los Angeles of course, of in, one, in one stop. But uh, Bessler came up in a conversation this last week because the customer had an FJ Cruiser, and the FJ Cruisers are kind of getting notorious for a little bit of rust underneath the truck. So oh, okay. Bessler had gone, and they had fixed uh, – th- if you're a Toyota guy, you know this. The uh, the whole body of the FJ is uh, is a shortened, let's say, forerunner platform. But what they did is they put the trailer hitch on that back cross member. Those rust out there right behind the rear wheels. So Bessler had gone in and basically fixed all that and uh, – sealed up tight so this guy's FJ is going to last another 10 years or 20 years or whatever nice. it's going to be. So nice. uh, kudos to Bessler Welding. So check them out. I think they're in Bartonville or East Peoria? East Peoria. Yeah, sorry. East Peoria. Yeah, you can check them out on the World Wide Web. And then also, uh, I might be paying them a visit for some work on one of my vehicles. So we shall see. Awesome. Yeah, well, they come highly recommended by the Steve. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, we had no feedback. We had no emails. Nobody said anything about the Regan show, and we got no iTunes reviews. So I hate you all. It's all probably Labor Day. <laughs> People were on vacation. People were lollygagging or enjoying the last. Actually, they're of probably summer. still listening to the Regan show because it was ninety minutes. And uh, so, if you're still listening to that show when this show came on, I understand long. completely. Okay, yeah, it was long. It was chock full of amazing content. It was. Hey, if you don't know my co-host Daryl Scott, mm-hmm. let me tell you a little bit about him. Oh. By day, he's a mild-mannered media expert writing 200-word documents that will save the world. By night, he's old car man. When this car guy isn't having his wife pump the brakes to save the day in his 1947 Chevrolet, he's coming to the rescue of Gabe Casey's 1927 Chrysler. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Daryl Scott. Super old car man. Or dude, or something like that. That's Daryl Scott. Oh, why? Well, thank you. Yeah, that thank one may you. go in the outtake. Sorry. I love it. No, it's it's uh, there, there, there's something about being called an old car dude. 
<laughs> old car man. I don't know. What would that cape the look young, like? The youngest. Yeah, it would probably be rusty colored with some holes in it's, it. It had lots of tattered uh, yeah, burlap. It would probably be burlap. It got uh, you know, gear oil on it. Yeah. All right. Um, so for those of you who don't know my co-host, my co-host has high hopes for this coming year. Mm. He dreams of the open road, new adventures, and unfamiliar trails. He'll also soon have a mobile domicile to stretch those expeditions into many more days. You know, it's only a matter of time before his trailer in the desert turns him into the next Art Bell. Can you hear it now? Coming soon to a desert plain near you. It's Coast to Coast AM with Eric Stahl. I could I could host that show. And I and I whacked the microphone like Daryl normally does during the show. Yeah. That's how good that intro was. You should put that theme song. Yeah. What was that called? It was like... I don't know, the Martian music it's thing. It's like the Martian. <laughs> Every time you heard that, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah it just it, it kept, you up, kept you up at night. No. We, I used to listen to our, my son, would, he's like, we, he'd make me drive slow sometimes because if you listen to the news on WMBD, it was like 9.05 or 9.07. He's like, you got to slow down. You gotta, I got to listen to Nori. He didn't, leave, he didn't even know who Art Bell was. It was the Nori guy. The, the guy who took over. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that show, is it still on MBD? I, I don't know. I, fortunately, I, I've turned to podcasts. I listen to, I listen to Joe Rogan when I want to hear about UFOs. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Not our bell. Anyway, so thanks for listening, everybody, uh, especially if it's your first time. Hopefully you enjoy yourself. Uh, we're going to get in and talk about lots of cars, lots of, lots of fun stuff. Again, this show is going to be a little EV and autonomous heavy because that's just all the rage right now. Yeah. It certainly wasn't with purpose, uh, but it just kind of shook out that way. Also, please, if you can, share it to everybody you know. We we do love getting new listeners. We love getting the comments, but we only get that if you share it on Facebook, LinkedIn, Daryl, Instagram. Yeah, we talked about the TikTok, so put yeah. on the TikTok and read. We'll read those iTunes reviews. I don't care what you say. You can say it sounds like two guys in their basement, you know, or their mom's basement even, and we'll read that review. So bring it. <laughs> I wish it was in my mom's basement. There'd be <laughs> snacks. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Are, are you are are you not liking my basement? I love your basement. Right. I love everything about it. It's better than mine, which is still not. Oh finished. yeah, uh, that's a conversation. Yeah, All right, that's, that's a, a pre-show show. conversation. Anyways, um, so it's been a while. I, I threw this in as a triumphant been return. A while. That's right. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, I threw the segment Race Daily Kill in. Thank you for bringing this back. It's by been the way. a while, and I tell you what, it's hard to pick stuff. And I don't know why I picked this lineup of cars. This is a great one. And I, I was shocked. I looked at the dock, and I'm like, oh, race daily kill. It's almost like I'd forgotten about it. Yeah. Yeah. And mo- some people did, and other listeners did not. And then, like, and then when the I heck? saw the lineup, I'm like, oh, I think I know why I forgot about this. This yeah. might be the weirdest lineup you've ever pulled. It's bizarre. So it, it comes from, uh, do we need to do the intro with the music or the uh, the echo? No. Oh. There you go. Da, 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 da. Race Daily Kill. There we go. It's official. Yeah. All right. So the, the rationale for this lineup here, uh, one of those Facebook stories popped up, and it's like Curves. The, the worst <laughs> automotive designs in the history of all designs. Oh, no. And really? The, yeah. And the car that showed up as the, the little featured image Taurus. was a 96 Ford Taurus yeah. where they got the round headlights and the round oval It dash. was lambasted so hard. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah. I remember the first person I knew that bought one. I'm like, was it gold? No, it was blue. Okay. <laughs> it was blue. It was so gross. And they were so happy. Like, what do you think? What do you think? It's all new. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. Lord, crap the bet on this one. That's what <laughs> I was like, yeah. What was wrong with the Taurus that sold millions prior? Yeah. Anyways, so the roundup for this one is there's three cars as race daily kill. You have to pick one to race, pick one you'd like to daily, and then pick one that you just would just kill, take to the scrapyard and crush it immediately because it's so heinous. You don't want anything to do with it. And so the cars in this lineup, number one. 
1996 Ford Taurus SHO. So we got the super high output, the nice one. Okay, so this one actually has the the same round restyled third gen Taurus front, but and you know the whole body and everything, but it doesn't have the the the, the Vulcan V6. It actually they stuffed in the third gen. They stuffed a little V8, a 3.4 wow. liter, okay. 32 valve V8, and it made 235 horse, four speed automatic overdrive, runs 16.9 in the quarter. Not a bad car. We'll get into why I'm not going to pick this later, but okay. anyways. I don't want to taint your decision. No, there. that's fine. Because this is really kind of the first time I've, I've seen this. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm looking at all the specs on the cars. You've done a great job laying out the the quarter time zero to sixty and sure. the uh, the motors. So yeah, I'm, I'm soaking it all in here. All right. So the middle one. You want to do the middle one here? What do we got in the uh, oh, so number two got, lineup? So number two, and it is a beautiful golden color. It's a 1994 Olds Aurora. And it's a, of course, it's a General Motors car. It had a four liter, 32 valve, which is very progressive for the time in 1994. V8 with 250 horsepower, four speed automatic with overdrive. Zero to 60 was 9.5 seconds, just a tenth of a second off from the uh, show. But that uh, quarter time was 17.5 seconds at 85 miles an hour. So it's kind of the dog. Yeah, it might have been heavier. I'm not sure. Um, you didn't get that stat on there, did you? I didn't. I didn't put the curb weight. This is a quickie. We didn't get too <laughs> yeah. geeky. No, I give one. you credit for, like I said, slapping this together. Yeah, yeah. And, and then the third one, not to be outdone, I figured we'd pick a you know one for the big three, one of each of the big three. Uh, it's a little bit later, but 1999 Chrysler 300 Ab. And we've talked about the cab forward cars before, the Chrysler LH cars, Dodge Intrepid, the LHS Chrysler Concorde. And what was the other one? Eagle Summit, if anybody remembers the yeah, Eagle Summit. Yeah, I mean, really, the Intrepid was the birth of that design, right? It was. Yeah. And that came out, I think, in 93, 92, something like that. But we actually fast-forward a few years because it wasn't until the, the 300M came out in 99 that they really kind of tightened up the proportions a little bit, made it a little sportier, a little more of a handler, a little more aggressive. And this thing has a 3.5-liter, 24-valve V6, makes 253 horsepower, so pretty much on-par performance-wise with the others, another four-speed automatic with overdrive, slush box, so nothing really <laughs> fun there. Uh, zero to 60 in 7.3 seconds, according to the interwebs, and then the quarter-mile time of 16.1 at 84 mile an hour. So about the same speed, trap speed, but definitely the quickest of the bunch in terms of drag strip performance. So of those three, 96 SHO, Taurus, 94 Aurora, or 99 Chrysler 300M, Eric, what would you pick to race to daily and then oh, to kill? Oh, man, you're going to throw this to me first. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I'm yeah. the least familiar with these cars. These are all cars that are outside of my wheelhouse. I mean, normally, we, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the import car guy. Sure. And, and, and most of the cars that we pick for this segment are a lot supportier than yeah, this. They, yeah. So, I mean, so these are all cars I would never own in my life. <laughs> so, so not even I, if you lost a so bet. This is like kill, kill, kill. You yeah. know, but uh, all right. So if I had to pick this out, I mean, at first I was like, all right, I'm going to do – the Chrysler is the race car. Because I'm thinking that, you know, it's got the 0 to 60 time that's just flat out. It's two seconds better than the other guys. Oh, yeah. And, and the quarter time, you know, it's just, it's right there with the show. So it, we're starting with the race. Okay. I, I like the size of the show. And I think the show probably has the best exhaust notes. And I, and I think to me, if I'm on the track... I'm racing the show all day long, okay. and I'm going to beat the living hell out of this car because <laughs> I hate this car. As a matter of fact, I'm knowing that if I blow this car up, my wife is going to let me get another car because my wife probably hates this car, too. My wife couldn't even stand probably look at this car in the driveway. So oh, good. Yeah. We're going to drive the living hell out of that thing. Now, the daily, 
I don't think there's any question here. Because the Chrysler comes up so well in the statistics here, you know, with the quarter time and the uh, and the zero to sixty. I mean, the car is pretty quick. And honestly, that cab four design on those cars, they were very nice to drive in some ways. They had great visibility. Mm-hmm. So I'm dailing the 300M, even though I could probably race that thing. And so you know what that means, Daryl? I'm never driving a GM. Oh, you, I don't even. I mean, I know you're a GM apologist. Your whole yeah, family is. I am. But I'm killing that Aurora. I'm not even going to talk about any statistics of that car. It's gone. Bye. Sad. See ya. Sayonara. So sad. So yeah. sad. All right. Well, I'm noting your. I'm noting Thanks. your choices I appreciate here. He's typing them in there for posterity's <laughs> sake. <laughs> in the post show, when Daryl does a document and has to, and has to remember yeah. what we talked about, he'll be texting me tomorrow night like, hey, which car do you say you daily? Which one do you say you kill? It's true. Look, this at, is, the, look at the doc, Daryl. This is how a, a well-oiled machine this, this program is. <laughs> All right. Tell me, Daryl. All right. Uh, tell me, please. I, I can't no. believe you'd be any different than me. I, I want to hear what you're going to do here. Well, we're similar in some respects. Mm-hmm. I would actually... Well, you're a GM apologist. I, I can already tell you're going to daily this, this Aurora. I, I, no, actually, I would. <laughs> my daily pick is the same as yours. Okay. And here's the reason why. I would race the Aurora because that that car, when that came out, I was probably in high school, and I was such a nerd that I called an 800 number because all the <laughs> car ads back then... Instead of having the internet, that's right, boys and girls, before the land before the internet. Tell us, Grandpa. It had, when you saw something in a, in a say, National Geographic or Life magazine, you would have an 800 number. It's like for more information or a free brochure on this vehicle. Yeah, you get a pamphlet in the mail. Yeah. yeah. So I would always call that stupid number, and some poor schlub at a, at a call center would take my information and they would just mail me this packet. I got one when the Aurora first came out, and it was. It almost looked like an engineer had drafted this important document. And it came, it was this thick, really nice paper stock. It came in this, like, a bound envelope. Like, it was nuts. And it was just the coolest thing I ever saw. And I thought that car was so ahead of its time. And I also learned that that motor, they ran in, in an Indy car for a while. Okay. It's, it's basically like a, a scaled-down version of the North Star, but, like, didn't suck. Okay. Okay. What now? Right. Now we're now we're getting a little crazy. We are. Okay. All right. We are. The, ju- I, the justifications are just. Like, I would race the Aurora because I think that was an underrated, underappreciated car, and it's going to be a future <gasps> classic. Mm-hmm. <Okay>. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I knew it. Yep. I knew it. You knew, knew, knew. You know where my heart is. I would daily the 300M, and the reason why is because, like you said, good small. Um, uh, Nimble proportions, but still big on the inside. Good visibility and better gas mileage. You know, V6, not the V8. Actually, uh, there's some longevity of these motors, too. I've had family members tell me they had Intrepids. Mm-hmm. they got like 300,000 miles in these cars. They're not bad. The I think the 2.7, the, like the base motor on some of the Intrepids were not so good. Okay. But the, the 3.5s is a good motor. And, yeah, unless they didn't rust out, they were really, really solid cars. Nice interiors and 300Ms, too. And then that, unfortunately, having been a former yeah. Ford owner... Yeah, you owned one of these, didn't you? Uh, no, I owned a, a Mustang Cobra and a couple other Fords. I love Fords, and I love these when they came out because they had a little V8. This is during the Ford Jaguar era, I think. And I think this is similar to some yes. of the motors that were in some of the Jaguars. Yeah, when they came out with that X-Type, this basically mm-hmm. the X-Type was off of this chassis, wasn't it? I believe they were very, very similar. Yeah. They were built on the same chassis. The trouble with this little 3.4 V8... That I found uh, numerous people that owned them. The cam gears are pressed onto the camshafts. Oh, that's that, right. 
That works out well. There was some like heat treating process where they would like you know heat <laughs> one and shrink one and they bond them. What happens is they slip. They JB, jump time. JB Weld will work for that. It's awful. What guys will end up doing, or gals, whoever gets them, yeah, if there's girl. something that's running and it's it's it, it runs good, they take them and they have them welded. They have a little spot, like a little, <laughs> they zap them and they weld them so they don't. Before they slip? Yeah. Well, that's good. Idea. It's terrible. Um, but I've seen some serious carnage on these things. So for that reason, I'm out. Kill the screwball, SHO. It's nice on paper, but yeah. no thanks. It could be burning in my driveway. I don't care. So, yeah. you know. All right. Those, those are our picks yeah. for Race Daily Kill. Let us know. Info at throwinwrenches.com. Always good to hear from folks who love this segment and also have their own suggestions for what we should use next time. Or Yeah, exactly. What, what would you like to hear about? Because we've done everything here. From, and actually, the little truck segment that we did like two or three times ago, it's, yeah. it's popping back, man. Between the Maverick and uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Hyundai's got one coming out. Yep, we're gonna have, right. We're going to have small trucks popping up all over the place. So That's what we need. That, that's how we operate, man. We are trendsetters. Ahead of our time. Yeah. Like George Carlin said, trouble is I'm only two minutes ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ahead of my... Uh, no, I think the quote from Too Much Joy that I have on my Facebook is, I'm ahead of my time, but only by a week. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. The other section of the show that uh, we talk about every time, and we uh, probably bore you t- to tears... Unfortunately for you that uh, I don't have a lot of stories to tell this time is the projects. Mm. And projects, we talk about stuff we have going on in our garages or maybe racing we got going on or anything weird like that. Uh, it's been a month of nothing. And I, and I knew that after July that I was literally going to sit back and I was going to do nothing through August. And I did a hell of a job. <laughs> you excelled at that job. Yeah, I did. I did. We, uh, I took the family on a little road trip and we, you know, up to muscatine and had a great little time up there on the river town i can tell you honestly there's so much fun and i would say fun but river river culture and these small towns the red brick downtowns of uh dubuque and muscatine it just all these great little towns it's really cool so if you have an opportunity to do a little road trip i think going down that mississippi river road on the iowa side uh is underrated you know check that out sometimes so i'd done that here a while back uh, we did buy Treehugger 2.0 back from the auction Copar. I'll get more into that in later episodes. We're going to try and strip some parts off of that. And um, what I really want is to find somebody in my dealership who can be an eBay salesman and just put everything on eBay. Oh, okay. I just, you know, yeah. I, I think that's where the market's at. But uh, you got to find the right individual who can do it. Well, it takes time. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. You can put something on eBay, but the people who are really, really good sellers yeah. are the ones who can write descriptions and take yes. numerous and take pictures, pictures and, and be responsive. Sh- and then ship. Yeah. You know, the biggest thing is I talked to one of the parts guys, well, what about shipping? I'm like, well, that's your job. I mean, you have to you, you have to talk it. to UPS and you have to put stuff in boxes. and <laughs> It's a pain. And wrap stuff. But that's, you know, you can make a lot of money on this stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, so that we're working on that. And then... Um, I did some light work on the Tacoma. I actually made a, a Facebook video for the Throwing Wrenches Facebook page because D- Daryl shames the heck out of me. This is the one thing Daryl <laughs> excels at. He'll like go into his garage, which is I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but it's the uh, Scott Auto Mall or Scott Auto <laughs> Museum in North Peoria, Illinois. That's right. And uh, he'll walk into the auto museum and he'll say, "Well, here's a project the curators are working on this week. Let me tell you what the curators are doing." And he'll, <laughs> and he'll walk you around this little area. It's it's a beautiful sight. And so I felt shamed, and I went out into my backyard and and at the stall. Uh, ranch. It's basically I got this old truck over in this gravel spot, right. and the tailgate's falling off. So I'm going to take these off here, and I'm going to drop the tailgate, and I'm going to put a new handle on there. That's it's a 
it's a dichotomy. It's, a different. it's what makes the show work. I it's, think it's a little different accent too. Yeah. I'm not sure where that's coming from. I, <laughs> it's, it's authentic, Daryl. It's, it's Tasman County, south of the Mason Dixon line. <laughs> it's south of the Illinois River. That's what that is. Anyway, well, let me just ask you this though: the video, and you can check it out on our yeah. Facebook page. Uh, the what was what was broken on it prior? Was it like a piece of the hinge or some okay, bolts so, or something? Yeah. So the the previous owner, I don't even know why he bothered on this. He had uh, he taken the there's a, a panel on the back of the tailgate you can take off it's eight eight screws or ten screws and it opens it up in the backside because when you pulled in the black handle on the back of the tailgate one of the uh, the swing latches probably broke that's normally uh-huh. what happens on these things gotcha. just a little swing like a little plastic swing latch because when you pull the handle you're pivoting a little lever and that's pulling two cables from the latches on the ends so one of those probably broke so. What guys do is they'll pull that access panel off, and then they'll just yank on the two two levers that are the end latches. And then you just get lazy, and you leave it that way. Yeah. I mean, this guy was conscientious enough to put all, all ten of those screws in a bag and put them in the cab with oh, the metal okay. panel, which was very nice. And so I took the whole thing apart, and I, and I ordered a handle online, 12 bucks. I mean, it was nothing. Not bad. I, didn't re- I, I broke one of the 10-millimeter bolts that was in it. 10 or 8, I think it was a 10, and it stripped out. And at that point, I had to, like, go through all my tools, and I found I had another 10 millimeter, but it was longer. But it fit. Anyway, it worked. Uh, and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to slap this thing back together. Well, in the meantime, my wife is cleaning the garden. She's cleaned, done yard work. This, we, this is our yard work truck. And uh, that open, gaping spot where that panel was at was filled with dirt. I'm like, well, I'll just take my fingers to kind of break some of it out of there. I saw the pile you took out. Dude, there, below. Was, there was valve stems. There was AAA batteries. <laughs> there was nails. There was all kinds of stuff that just came out. So apparently the previous owner of this truck had, had been raking stuff out of this tailgate mm-hmm. for for the last couple of years with no panel on it. So <laughs> so literally my $12, I fixed it, put the panel back on there, and tailgate works like a charm. Grease, put a little three-in-one oil on the latches. Oh yeah, Got looks it. like a charm. Got I, it, good as new. And I and so I made this quote. This it's not my quote; it's my grandfather's quote. You know, if you're gonna take time to do something, you have to take time to do it right. That's what my grandfather said. And yeah. and I was at that point with that tailgate. I was like, you know, I'll just I'll just put it back together. I'm like, I'm already here. Might as well. Yeah. So I it was like, you know, it was 20 extra turns of the ratchet to uh, take the big screws out of the bottom of the tailgate to drop the tailgate off there and just start tapping on the ground. I did. I was wearing my my classy deck shoes, and I ran that thing onto my foot, my deck <laughs> shoes, and I thought for, for sure I lost a nail, but I didn't, so I was okay anyway. You get some steel toes next time. Yeah, right? Anyway, so that was uh, one project. The Celica got a new radiator this week. Uh, dude, we drove to Sterling on one of our mounds tours up there and uh, drove back, and uh, I was going to put a thermostat in it because I'd been having a little overheat problem, and I got it in the shop after that weekend drive, and the radiator was cracked on the front. Mm. Thank God that didn't strand us up in Rock Falls or something yeah, like that. Uh, my wife would have been pissed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and also, uh, I think I talked about my wife or my daughter ruining my tailgate on my Tundra. Yeah, what was it? Something dropped on it? Or- so we put hay in the barn for the horses. We do it every year. And we put like seven bales in the bed of the truck. And so we dropped tailgate and then got the bales out of there. Well, then we told her to pull the trailer forward so we could get it out of the barn so we could get some organized. Well, she didn't raise the tailgate up, and then she went out into the pasture and turned the truck at a 90-degree turn while the tailgate was down. Well, oh. with a trailer, it ran the handle like underneath the tailgate, 
and just just bent the top and then squeezed out the bottom of it, and now the handle doesn't make contact. The same thing that guy with the white Tacoma, the Tacoma did. I have to take the panel off the back now to so I can, it. yeah, yeah, so close it. I found there's a couple of used car sites or used parts sites like used-parts.com where junkyards have stuff listed, and I can buy a tailgate for this truck. You know, like Iowa City for two hundred fifty bucks in gray. Uh-huh. Okay, you know it's a two thousand seven Tundra. It's a nice truck, but it's a Daryl. I have two just farm trucks, work you know, trucks. Yeah, yeah, it's a work yeah, truck. Just a work truck. This one's actually licensed to be on the road, unlike the Tacoma. <laughs> I'm wondering if I can drive it on the road with a triangle in the back. Anyway, so yeah, uh, for farm use only. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But uh, so I may just buy a gray tailgate to put in the back of the thing, and uh, you can always get a pint of paint or something. Yeah, I could. I just go down to Bourne to spray it. Who cares? I yeah. don't know. So that's where I'm at on that. That's enough of my projects. I didn't do any racing. It didn't really do it much this time. Well, but you do have an autocross coming up. Is it this weekend or, or No, next? this weekend is Wings and Wheels at the Pekin Airport, and that's I right. think the right. show will be out by then. And uh, Forts will have their super out there, and hopefully some of the SCCA people will be out there helping talk about the uh, upcoming event, which is in two weeks. 25th or 20, whatever that weekend is. That sounds is. about right. Yeah. Uh, the Pekin Airport will be hosting two days of autocross with the Central Illinois Region SCCA, and uh, I should be there. If I get my trailer this weekend, which is a whole other story I'm not going to get into, uh, but if I get my camper this weekend, the next weekend I can show up at the SCCA and race for two days and uh, represent the dealership, and it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be the last race of the year, so hopefully I have mm. some great stories by the time we do the next episode. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. You got uh, you got a fair amount of stuff going on. So it, as usual, as much as I try to do nothing, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do anything in August except these twelve things that I need to do. Um, uh, I, but, but dude, you super used car, super old car man. Super I mean, old car man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I basically, uh, for those who follow us on Facebook, uh, you probably heard us talking about our friend Gabe Casey purchasing a. Uh, this is cats out of the bag, so who cares? Um, purchased 1927 Chrysler 60 Series Roadster. And for those who don't know what that looks like, it's not a Model A. It's really cool. It's bigger. It's a it's a six-cylinder car, full-pressure oiling. Uh, it's got four-wheel hydraulic brakes, which for a 20s car is unheard of. Really, a Ford didn't go to hydraulic brakes until 1940, so it took them that long to kind of get up to where Chrysler was. Really interesting, beautiful two-tone blue car with a with a tan top, cloth top, and it's a nicely restored car. And I'm I'm so glad that he was able to uh, to procure that thing. I think the big the big thing on that was it was a local car. It was a Morton car. Yeah, been so, around for many many years. I think since the 50s. Yeah. So if that car had been in like Bloomington or Peoria, I don't think he would have been. It would have been nearly as desirable, right? I mean, yeah. he met the owner. Mm-hmm. And tour, he looked at that car like months ago. Yeah, he's been. It was eaten at him a little bit, and I, I you know, I, I of course encourage all kinds of purchasing of vehicles. <laughs> yeah, because you're a great influence. As does yeah, Eric. Since I, since I started doing the show, Daryl's been a great influence. <laughs> yeah, we've we've all added to our accounts. <laughs> but you know what? It's it's a fun hobby, and for something like that, like you said, it's a local car. It's it's kind of a, been a fixture for a long time. And it's never really been out to see the light of day in many years. So our task was to get the thing up and running, at least. We were able to do that over a three-day period, working here and there. Uh, and the car runs great. It actually mechanically is a is a wonderfully <laughs> solid vehicle. And I'm just amazed. There was a steep learning curve. I'll just say that. Uh, the next time we get together, Gabe, and I'm sure he'll be on future episodes, we can talk more about that. But to be honest, anything that's almost 100 years old is such... A unique thing to work on. That's crazy when you think a hundred years. Nobody, nobody thinks about 
cars being a hundred years old. No, and that's not even like a primitive car with like a lever steering wheel. I mean, this is a real car. Yeah, it's really not that different from what we drive today, except yeah. everything about it is totally different. Yeah, um, and, and including the the way it gets fuel, the fuel delivery system is just that was the the big learning curve for me. There's no fuel pump on the car; it's all through vacuum. The engine vacuum powers. <laughs> how it how it runs fantastic stuff and we actually learned quite a bit by taking stuff apart and just kind of reverse engineering it because there's not a lot of documentation on these things so uh, I, I'll, I'll save some of that you can watch the video on our Facebook page but uh, to be honest it's fun working on old stuff and I'm glad that uh, that Gabe has kind of jumped in there, taking the plunge. Not not to ruin your project mm-hmm. section, but you and I talked about this pre-show. If you're listening to the pre-show, folks, you know this. Think, look around your house. Yeah, and think about how many items are in your house that are possibly a hundred years old. And I might have a chair up in my, you know, that my great great grandfather made. And I think there's a clock that my wife had that's like been passed down. Family, yeah, yeah two or three times. Huh. But other than that, I that's mean, it. yeah, I mean, there's some stuff in World War II that my great uncle passed along or something like that. So the point being is, think of a car. It's almost a hundred years old, and that's not just like a phonograph record player or something like that. This is this is a full blown machine. I mean, this yeah, this is crazy to think that you could have that driving and running around. Something that somebody used day in and day out for for several years, and then it's got some miles on it too, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 been around the block, so to speak. But the nice thing is, it was taken care of, and that's the fun part about things. Whether it's a pocket watch that somebody's relative gave you, or uh, an old. You know, oak table that you use in your dining room every day. Something that survived. I can't see people of this generation, and it's not, I'm not being a curmudgeon. I'm like, eh, today sucks. But I can't think of anything that you would buy today. Even like a nice Ethan Allen piece of furniture that I would think would be here 100 years from now. Yeah. And you? I mean, no, I mean, but who wants to, just as you learned from messing around with this car, and, and don't get me wrong. I think you probably could have done a lot more research on the car. Sure. You probably could have gotten a book on this car. Sure. Pretty, probably could have read a lot ahead mm-hmm. of time. And, and But, I mean, you guys went in, you know, guns a-blazing the day he gets it, trying to, you know, after it comes off a trailer trying to get started. Sure. And within a day or two, actually have it driving. And that just goes to your mechanical prowess. Kudos to you. Of course. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. But no, but, but, but seriously... <laughs> Hundred. I think the, the the bigger thing is you talk about in the future. Is that prowess going to be at somebody's fingertips? I mean, there's going to be maybe a guy here or there who knows something. But dude, that that talent is becoming you know fewer and far between. I would think. Yeah, and unfortunately, a lot of the stuff too, uh, things that dry out, gaskets, rubber oh, pieces. That's, that's what scares me the most. So that's because it yeah. wasn't rubber. It was. I mean. I mean, there's horsehair. There, there's right. an, there's animal parts involved with a lot of the, the manufacturing <laughs> yeah. of the stuff, right? Yeah, you've got yeah horsehair stuffed <laughs> seats and jute padding underneath the, the the carpeting and all kinds of natural but things. But you have oil seals that are felt and stuff, right? Yeah, and leather, leather, and a lot of those axle <laughs> seals are leather. And yeah, yeah, it's it's there's all those things that now I, I keep wanting to stress this too. This is another reason that I, I keep encouraging anybody who's interested in the old car hobby to to get involved now, get something now. And enjoy it while we can for this very reason. Not because, like, you know, fossil fuels are going away forever, although who knows. It's because I don't think we're going to be able to find people, products, and the, and the 
the ability to keep these things on the road much longer than I say twenty, thirty years from now. Well, you, I mean, you highlighted two or three episodes ago, maybe it was ten episodes ago, about the gal who bought the the plastic shop that was making lenses or something for yeah. cars from the fifties. Yeah, and that was a fluke. That that shop should have been destroyed, and that stuff should just never be remade again but she decided to start doing it right exactly and now she's charging uh, you know a healthy amount for some of this stuff because yeah. where but else if she, you but if she it? wasn't you wouldn't get it exactly and it's not like you can just walk into an auto zone and be like yeah i need a, a fender <laughs> mirror for a 1909 whatever yeah. uh it's 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 a fun hobby now and i really think something like this you're not going to take it to you know a cross-country trip to albuquerque new mexico with the family but it's something you want to go get ice cream or you want to put, put around and go to a, a concert in a park or something and watch yeah. a local municipal band play or something like that you can do that that's what is fun about this hobby but then fast forward to you know cars that collector cars from the 70s 80s and 90s now we're seeing people having trouble finding parts for it yeah so i don't know if you're hell, into the hell we're having problems getting parts for new stuff right now <laughs> so it's i mean <laughs> things model. are tough all over right it is it is yeah. but Congrats to Gabe, uh, and look forward to buzzing around the uh, the boulevard and that thing pretty soon. And kudos for for all the help too. Uh, you guys stopped by, you and Mrs. Stahl stopped by. I wish we were getting it, getting that thing fired up when you were there. I got I got some video footage. I was really hoping by the end of the time I had the video footage, I'd have it fired up, you know, <laughs> know. going. So I don't know what I'm gonna do with that. But it was, I got some great pictures, and there was a great picture of Gabe leaning out while you're. <laughs> Under the hood, I love it. Scratching so. my head, yeah, exactly. And so, wonder, no, but the kudos go to you, dude. Because seriously, without you, I don't know what he would have done. I mean, I'm sure there's other people, but uh, yeah, call a lifeline, yeah, phone a friend. There you go, there call you go. somebody. <laughs> no, I appreciate now, it. Now Regis is dead. He's screwed. So. Yeah, he is. Sadly, yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, people who passed away, just another we talked about it in the pre-show. Uh, just R.I.P. Uh, a little shout out to Norm Macdonald. Anybody who listened to podcasts or was just a fan of comedy. Uh, that dude was just so so funny. I don't think he was a gearhead. He was a big sports nut. Yeah, I would, I would have listened to him talk about sports. I would listen to him talk about anything. Guy was so funny. Uh, long private battle with cancer is what we're being told. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, that just hit today. Yes, rest in peace, Norm Macdonald. Cheers to you. One of my favorite comedians as well. As a matter of fact, you go to my Facebook page. I I posted a clip about dogs. He liked dogs. It's a it's a great clip. So check it out when you get a chance. All right, right. all right. You ready for this, Daryl? We're bringing back segments. Been a while. I'm ready. Let's hit it. Twizzle. I think that the M is supposed to like run like that. I don't know if you forever. get yeah, <laughs> forever. I don't know if you are on this new thing, Facebook News. I think they're trying to take over everything, but uh, Facebook News is the same thing as every other clickbait news source, as what I figured out anymore. So I don't this, even hit that tab. Is it like another tab you have to hit? Yeah, it is. It's right at the bottom. Okay. Anyway, so there's this this one that kept coming up over the last couple days and was tesla camera captures man faking accident would be scammer was arrested hmm. it's on carscoops.com and so this kept coming up kept coming up and i'm like oh this is clickbait this is clickbait so i'm going to save you folks the reason i'm doing this twism is to save you from clickbait how do you Thank like you. that Thank all right you. appreciate that dash camp this is from carscoops.com dash cams have become uh, vital due to scammers who claim to be hit by drivers and they demand payment for their injury injuries and while these types of incidents are commonly associated in countries overseas, one such attempt was recently caught on a camera in Seidel, Louisiana. In a Facebook post, the city's police department said they were called to a gas station parking lot on September 3rd, where 47-year-old Arthur Bates Jr., who claimed he was hit by a Tesla, when police arrived at the scene, the man allegedly told officers a driver had backed into him and knocked him on the ground 
causing back, leg, and neck injuries. An ambulance was called, and Bates went on to claim that the driver fled the scene of the accident. The hmm. officers eventually tracked down the driver, who said Bates was trying to pull a scam. Luckily for them, the entire incident was caught on video, and the police quickly determined that Bates was lying. You can watch this video on carscoops.com. It is absolutely hilarious. This guy walks behind a car, and, and you can even see the picture I, I photoshopped here. He's just, like, smiling as he falls back, and then he throws his foot on the bumper. It's like the slip-and-fall videos you see at grocery stores. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's absolutely terrible. So, uh, thankfully... The driver managed to stop before hitting Bates. Undeterred, Bates appears to slam his knee into the car before falling to the ground and casually resting his foot on the vehicle. The driver then gets out and talks to Bates, who is still laying on the ground before leaving. And at that point, as a regular person, I think I'd have to drive away from this guy, right? Yeah, you don't know what's going on. It's just bizarre. Yeah. Given the video evidence, police confronted Bates, who allegedly admitted to fabricating the entire event. He was subsequently arrested for false swearing with the intent to cause an emergency response, which means he will now be on the hook for a fine between $100 and $1,000 and up to five years imprisonment. I'm guessing he's going to pay $100 and get out. Uh, thankfully, nothing else happened there, right? How'd you like to be the first responders that show up? Yeah, this guy laying around. Yeah. 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 This guy hit me. Yeah. That's the thing. Everything is being filmed right now, yeah. whether it's a dash cam or a passerby's cell phone across the street or the gas station itself. That's what I'm saying. I can't murder anybody and dump the body somewhere. You can't, you, you can't, you can't do it. <laughs> Just can't get away with murder anymore. <laughs> oh. Is that why you watch the first 48 and all those murder shows? I've never shows? seen that show, but uh, no, I think I have to figure out a way to take the plates off. My, I believe me, I can think about it. You just get, a, get one of those little covers. I've seen those videos, too. The guys that have the covers. There that you just, go. They hit a button and yeah. pff, covers your license plate. Yeah. Anyway. Crazy. All right. So international news. here, Daryl, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hit you with a bunch of headlines here. Right, I know. We're already uh, 40 minutes in the show, so this Ooh. is rapid fire. All right. Uh, first headline. Toyota suspends use of self-driving vehicle in Olympic Village after collision with Paralympic athlete. Ouch. That's pretty horrible. Yeah. Uh, settling the debate. Does Tesla's autopate? Autopilot, save lives or risk them? Fair Number question. three, inside the fatal Tesla autopilot accident, it happened so fast. Mm. Number four, U.S. identifies 12th Tesla autopilot car crash involving an emergency vehicle. I think you heard about that this week. I think they were talking about the, <laughs> like how many of these accidents were like police cars on the side of the road. Where it just slashes into them? Yeah, because it doesn't see them. That's something a drunk driver might do. Uh, exactly. Or a Tesla autopilot. Also, next to our headline, Tesla on partially automated driving system crashed into police car in Florida. Uh, next article, why the feds are investigating Tesla's autopilot and what it means for the future of self-driving cars. Tesla's driverless crash victim had alcohol in his system near twice the limit. Neo stock drops after facial fatal crash involving self-driving technology. And Apple's self-driving cars experience minor accidents within a week of each other. Yeah. You like that? Yes. Yeah, so I, all I did was type in autonomous accidents, <laughs> and I got all these headlines. And, and, and they're he, all from this week. Yeah, that's, that's just this week. Yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah, I got Barron's, Bloomberg, The Conversation, KTLA, Reuters, New York Times. But here's what got me, Daryl. What's that? Apple cars. Yeah. Apple cars yeah. and accidents. We, we've been talking about maybe Apple's flirting with cars, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into this. We'll, we'll bypass. We, we know Tesla's got a problem with driving into police officers. We're not even going to talk about this time, okay? But uh, Apple's self-driving car fleet has experienced two accidents with a week of each other. As reported by Mac Rumors, 
because they talk about computers on Mac Rumors. They talk about Macintosh computers probably on Mac Rumors, but now they're talking about cars. Two Apple self-driving cars have been in minor accidents this month. The California DMV posted reports on each accident this week, showing that in both cases, someone rear-ended an Apple car while they were idle in traffic. The first accident occurred in San Diego and Hillcrest area on August 19th. It was a Lexus RX 450H and was stopped in traffic. It was hit by a Hyundai. The accident was described as minor with no injuries. The second accident, Cupertino, California, right near the Apple Park campus. Yeah. The vehicle was on the Apple self-driving equipment in manual mode and was stopped in traffic and was rear-ended by a Subaru Outback. Thankfully, each accident was minor and neither was a case of Apple's self-driving car. Uh, this is great news. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Apple cars driving around Apple software. Do you see any of the pictures of what was going on in these cars, these Lexus vehicles? No, no. It's basically this space-age-looking car. It looks like Elon Musk designed hardware to put on the top of the vehicle. It's it's kind of pretty. Is it? As Apple is. Everything you know, it's, is, is form and function. It has to look you know perfect. But it's like a crown on the car, you know, with cameras and all this other stuff. It's just, and they're out running around the streets of yes. Cupertino, yeah, getting some miles on. It's only a matter of time before those things start showing up at your Apple store, and all the kids want one. Yeah, but then, as I dug deeper, Daryl, as I went down the rabbit hole, I was going to say this is a rabbit hole segment. Yeah, it turned into this. Did you know about the Sony Vision S? No. What is the Sony Vision S? It's an electric sedan. Is Sony going to build a car? What? Yes, right. All right this, this is the first I've heard of this. Yes, this is on Autoblog. It's by Ronan Glan. Okay. Uh, Sony surprised us all when they unveiled the concept car named the Vision S at CES 2020. The electric sedan runs and drives, and it looks nearly ready for production, but the Japanese firm is still has decided what to do with it. We don't have a concrete plan at this time because our current phase is research and development. We have to investigate what the purpose is of contributing to the mobile service. It's our basic idea, and we have to continue our R&D phase, Sony executive Izumi Kashuji explained to Automotive News. Sony's position is it's a little in that ignatic. Easy for me to say, a little enigmatic. There you go. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Not all that regular. Rewind to January 2021. It said, we have no plans to mass produce or sell the Vision S, though it didn't rule out moving into an automotive sector later. So... Uh, what kind of sound system does that car now, have in it, you think? Okay. Is it a Sony? Is it an Explode? So this is the deal. Sony acts like they built this car so they could see all the different things the car can do. And one of the things they said here, we have a lot of content, movies, music, and gaming. And we have to utilize the content and technology in this vehicle in order to build such an entertainment space and vehicle. We need to understand the opportunity and build the right cabin system. So Sony's saying they built a car just so they could see how it sounds and feels if they put their entertainment media inside it. Do you call Bullet BS on that? I don't know. There might be something to that. Uh, it's, but you can do the same thing without coming up with an entire car. Yeah, you can do the same thing with, I don't know, some sort of a mock-up in a studio or something yeah, so, like that. So it begs the question to me after after reading the Apple article and then reading the Sony article, Apple the Apple car is basically riding around a Lexus GX. Mm-hmm. Sony's got their own car. I can't believe Apple doesn't have their own car. And there's a picture from CES. I mean, the Sony, the Sony car. Sony car doesn't look that bad. It kind of looks like a Tesla it in lo- some ways. I was gonna say it looks like a Model S Tesla. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Maybe what Apple's doing is the, like a test mule. Maybe they've got a car somewhere in a laboratory, and they're just putting the tech in, in a Lexus. Isn't that what that place in Morton's doing? They're using like Ford autonomous uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, they're using like Ford SUVs and Ford 
Lincolns and stuff like that, but they're they really... Were, yeah, they were actually doing an Avalon, I think, for a while. Were they? I, I don't know. They might just be using the using the platform as a one less thing to have to design right now. But the Sony thing is intriguing. I had not heard anything about that. And when do we get the Beats by Drag car? That's what <laughs> Dude, I want to know. That's awesome. It'd be the, white. Yeah, with, with the red With the red, with the logo. Red hubcaps. We can also do, like, I don't know, an Alpine car. We can do a Pioneer. Let's just bring all the infotainment systems in. Well, I mean, we talked about this before. It's like the Wild West right now with automotive makers. I mean, we talk about all these weird Lordstown, uh, Rivian, and uh, Nikola. Right. So, Sony has as much money and as much skill with electronics as any other manufacturer in the world. And they're in Japan. Why couldn't they build a car? And and their name is, is better a better name to have on a vehicle than I would say Nikola or Lordstown or something like that, right? Yeah, you got instant, you've got brand equity. People know Sony makes top-notch appliances, not appliances, electronics. Yeah. Uh, I think this falls under something. There's just so much more here. I wonder if an appliance company wouldn't do better, like Electrolux. Samsung. When's Samsung Samsung coming out with a car? LG. Somebody would buy an LG car for sure. Yeah, because it's cheaper than the uh, Tesla. (laughs) It's it's much cheaper. (laughs) And you can walk into Best Buy and get one in, in like four different colors. Very interesting. I, this is a first for me. I'm not familiar with any of this stuff and I'm going to look at, the Apple car. There's some later. serious weirdness going on right now. Yeah, uh, Ford did steal the exec from the Apple car project. Is that Titan? Is that what they called it? Correct. They uh, just stole him in this last week. Imagine the secrets this guy. I mean, what's the non-compete non-compete got to look <laughs> like was. for this guy? Uh, maybe maybe they waterboarded him and just got him. I, I don't even the, know how uh, it's possible. That guy. It would seem to me that if you were to call that guy and say, "Hey, we'd like you to come over to Ford," mm-hmm. you'd be like. Man, I got an ironclad contract. I can't leave for two years. You know, you'd think that would be the conversation. But somehow he walks out of Apple and goes to Ford. There's no way. They might have negotiated some sort of buyout. Give me a break. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, don't just don't say anything about anything you know here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I have no idea how that works. I would think if you have a non-compete clause for certain things – I don't want to say pedestrian type jobs, but jobs that aren't that big. Yeah, there's non compete clauses in like I don't know. I I worked for a company for like a year, and I had a non compete. I couldn't go to like I worked for a company that did websites for dealerships, and mm-hmm. I couldn't go to Auto Trader. You know, they were gonna, they sent me a letter saying they were going to sue me, and I went to my lawyer. And he's like, "Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go." Seriously? Yeah, that was Dick Williams. These story probably screwed me, but you never know. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I know there's there's other industries. I'm, I can't think of offhand because my brain's not working. But yeah. yeah, I mean, you could probably find a non compete somewhere. And like, you know, if you worked at Subway, you couldn't go work at Jimmy John's for six <laughs> months or something stupid like that. Don't disclose the secret sauce. <laughs> right. Yeah. What's in the tuna? It's not really tuna. Yeah. That's a whole legal thing, too. <laughs> That's how that stayed covered for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So what other Tesla news is going on? Well, I I, do we want to talk about the airborne Tesla attack? Uh, it's uh, your we, call. You uh, want to skip ahead? Uh, we can go ahead. It's the, this is from Business Insider. Again, a news source have always questioned their integrity of actual business. But an airborne Tesla plowed through a house in Florida and killed two. It reportedly did not have autopilot engaged. Well, thank God for that. The accident caused two fatalities, left three other people seriously injured. According to the Florida Highway Patrol, the car was fully airborne when it crashed through the house. 
I had this amazing picture, Daryl. It looks like the house has like a... Uh, remember when Old Yeller was kept like in the little side wing where he was like going rabid? Yeah. Remember at the woodshed? Yeah. This is kind of like what the house looks like now where Old Yeller would be on the left side and the family would be on the other side hearing him rowl at him all night. That's that's and, a weird, weird <laughs> callback, but yes, okay. Anyway, Tampa Bay Times reported that officials had said the Tesla had not been u- using autopilot function during the time of the crash. The uh, software, while controversial, controversial, offers uh, some add-ons to help prevent accidents like this. And that's what I want to get to. I've been watching a lot of Westworld, Daryl. Like the series? Yeah, have you watched any of the series? No, I yeah. I still haven't seen the original movie, which I need I, to see. That's, you, did you know that's a Michael Crichton book? It's a Michael Crichton book. I did not know that he... Uh, I mean, that dude had been around for a while, apparently, because that, that was... Uh, mm-hmm. oh, oh, shoot. Uh, that, get your phone away, away from there, pal. Yeah, my... Stupid laptop died. So. Who's, who's the bald guy in the original Westworld? Yul Brenner. Yul Brenner. Uh, yes. James Brolin, and I forget the other guy. So Ed Harris is playing the, kind of that nemesis, Yul Brenner type person right now. Okay. Anyway, but in Westworld, there's like this whole amusement park, and there's like these creepy people that sit in this office and they watch all the creepiness going on. And they'd let it, they facilitate it. They're like, oh, let's just see how it plays out. And so all these weird tangents are going on. And you know people's lives are probably in danger a lot. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes now, after watching that, I'm thinking there's got to be some Tesla operators out there. There's cars are bringing back. They're feedbacking all the time. they got to be sending video back. Oh, this car crashed. Oh, let's pull up the last couple minutes of this. Mm-hmm. So these people, there's some, there's some creepy little core office people at Tesla who know stuff's going on all the time. Like, ugh. What do I want to do with that? Well, let's just see what happens in the media. Let's just see what the police find out. Yeah. This has to be happening, right? I'm am sure. I, am I crazy? No, I think any of that stuff that's feeding back data in real time is going to get analyzed by somebody. And there's a core group that mm-hmm. knows, and there's a there's a board that gets together and talks about this stuff, right? Yeah. And they're called, like, <laughs> analysts. Oh, let's take a look at the data logs. Yeah. They probably have some huge dashboard, and it's like a, you know, the old, like, war games where you see, like, NORAD, yeah. and yeah. you see just, like, projectors on a wall full of all kinds of data. I like to think it's like a room like Dr. Strangelove or something like that. You <laughs> know, just a <laughs> round table with a bunch of, but it wouldn't be nearly the crotchety old men from that movie. No, it'd be, it's, it'd be a really interesting group to be part of, but also kind of sick. Lots of angry millennials. Yeah, <laughs> lots of angst. <laughs> I think, What's Elon going to say? Don't tell him. Don't tell him this no it's it's really sad though whenever something like that does happen somebody is sifting through the data whether it's looking through uh, accident crash reports or logs from inside the car i've heard too and i don't know if this is true maybe somebody could you know who works in the industry could probably enlighten us whenever something like that does happen all the data logs from the car's computers can get subpoenaed and basically taken out and like the insurance company everybody wants a piece of sure. what happened yeah and there's lots I think of, Regan, Regan has said he's had to go into court for stuff like that. Yeah. Like do a deposition yeah. or something. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's scary. I mean, the good news is it wasn't part of the the autopilot thing, but that there are so many other current cases right now where the autopilot is called into question. What was it? Driver error? How do you get a car airborne? I don't know. And see, again, the Tesla, I think the Tesla has got to be screaming at you the whole time, right? Which something would. Yeah. I mean, hey, by the way, my camera says you should only be doing 35 through here. The roof in that house is half gone because the car plunged into it from the air. Yeah. If you look at its yeah, little true. branch, it's it's not just like a car drove into a house. It's a car drove, like fell out of the sky into the house. Somebody messed up big time. Yeah. And Florida's pretty flat. I don't yeah. know. You're launching off a mountain yeah, right. or a hill. Yeah. I don't know. 
it's scary. Here, Yeller. Yeller. <laughs> Old Yeller. I have that in VHS. I should cue that up later. <laughs> I got a DVD if you ever want to borrow it. That's a good right family to, It's right next up. to Pollyanna. Exactly. <laughs> right next to Pollyanna? How about Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? No, or, no, we don't watch. I'll never tell the story on that. Herb, Herbie the Love Bug? No. All right, we do have some local news, Daryl. We've got a couple local news articles. We'll blow through these here. Saturday night, Daryl, I don't know if this is up in your neighborhood or not. but It, there was, it was not. Okay, there was an accident caused by a street race. One suspect was arrested. This is according to WEK. One man has been arrested for a late-night accident at the Peoria Saturday. Apparently, approximately at 11.03 p.m., the Peoria police responded to the area of Sterling and Reservoir regarding two-vehicle accident. Now, we've talked about accidents before. There was like a deadly accident probably a year or two ago where like four girls died. Uh, this one here, uh, the preliminary information indicated that a black sedan was racing another vehicle, possibly a white sedan, northbound on Sterling, when the third vehicle was struck by the black sedan. Now, St- I, Sterling uh, runs, it's a north-south road mm-hmm. and goes up by uh, five guys. On, where would this be? Where Where is Reservoir? It's south of the mall, and kind of, it's still four-lane. And people pick up a pretty good Is it amount of speed. Down by Farmington Road, down it's there. It's not that far. It's okay. right after that, past Forest Hill. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I could see where it's a little bit more open down there. People but, would be stupid. There's people that we go sometimes. There's a little ice cream shop that our friends own, uh, Theo's. Okay. And great place. But we'll be sitting out there on you know a summer night and eating ice cream or drinking a shake or something, and you'll see people just going bonkers on that road. Yeah. I mean, sixty-five, seventy plus. And it's a 45-mile-an-hour strip, but there's people that like to come off the interstate and either race each other yeah. or they're just goofing around. I can see that, too, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it is four-lane, too. The driver of the black sedan, 31-year-old Darian Davis, was arrested for elect- reckless driving, street racing, failure to reduce speed to avoid an accident. No seatbelt. That's crazy. The sus- suspect in the white sedan fled the scene. Now, the car... I, I, dude, this looks like a Prius C. I'm trying. I'm still trying to figure out what exactly that little car was that was smashed. Yeah, it's uh, so it's so disfigured you can't even tell. Yeah, it's hard to say. But uh, they're seeking anyone with information. So if you if you know anything about this accident and you listen to Throne Rich's podcast, please contact the Peoria Police Department. And the street racing man, I don't know. I mean, again, Peoria seems like a stupid place to do it, but I I don't know. You know, we used to race out in the country. We uh, yeah. route, route twenty four between Fairbury and Chenoa is eleven mile stretch. We would drive like idiots on yeah, that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I but if there was any track, we always made there was never anybody around. I'm not trying to justify. It. I'm just saying it's a different no, thing. No. I, I just can't imagine racing through the middle of town. It's it's too too congested, and even late at night. Uh, the last r- crash you referenced, where the I think it was three or four women got, got and they were down killed. on uh, 24. That was street racing as yeah. well. There was another car. I think it was some, it was like guys and girls yeah. screwing around. Yeah, the four girls died. Four girls all died. They went into a building, and it was like three in the morning. This was late at night too. I thought it was like 11, 30 11, or but not nearly the 3 a.m. That's when nothing yeah. good happened. Happens, we yeah. said. But this guy's when you think street racing, you think teens and twenty year old dudes. Yeah. This guy's thirty one. Yeah. You know, the guy the one the guy they busted. Some of these other folks, I've seen some real dumb stuff uh in my neck of the woods in the last couple of years. Yeah, because you're in an air you're on a four lane. Basically, close yeah. to a four lane. We're very close and we'll be in our backyard, you know, grilling or hanging out on the deck or something like that, having a cocktail after work, and I'll hear some guys on motorcycles just letting it all hang out. Yeah. And, you know, you lose it, you go into somebody's house. If you're going to do stupid stuff, do it on an interstate where the cops can zap you. Or, no, do it somewhere where you're not going to endanger the lives of innocent people. 
Or maybe do what we do with the SCCA. Go to a track. Race on the track or go down to Havana mm-hmm. and race on their little quarter. Pay the 30 bucks or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, just and blow up your car down there. Yeah. So much safer. Yeah. And honestly, you're, <laughs> you're not going to run into stuff. Yeah. Whatever. And if you do, you signed a waiver. So it's not their responsibility. Yeah, you can't, nobody can sue you and you're not going to sue them. <laughs> All right. All, All right. right. We do have more local news. This is shocking. We have like three local news articles. Daryl, what do you got? Yep. Uh, I just saw this pop in my feed today. Uh, the first customer vehicle has actually rolled off the Rivian production line. You've heard Rivian, the electric vehicle manufacturer that's based out of uh, Bloomington Normal area and the former uh, Diamond Star Mitsubishi Chrysler joint venture plant out there. Rivian's first customer vehicle has rolled off the line and that happened earlier this morning. Founder and CEO RJ Scringe tweeted a series of photos of the R1T. That's their pickup truck. They've got a truck and I forget what the SUV is called, but it's the same chassis. R2T. 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 It's not T. I don't know. R2D2. No, R1S maybe. Something like that. Anyways, the employees were there. They clapped. Yay. RJ said that uh, the team's collective efforts have made this moment possible. They can't wait to get these into the hands of customers. Well, RJ... Uh, we can't wait to start seeing them here in the streets of central Illinois. Rivian, of course, has faced multiple delays. Uh, I just hit the button that scrolled my stuff. No, you're down in the uh, Lectech oh, story. My goodness. My goodness. Where did I go with this? Uh, lots of production delays over the last year or so. Um, they were supposed to start being produced in June. That was pushed to July. July rollout was delayed again, this time September. Bottom line is they're hoping to pick up some production here and then hopefully have an IPO sometime around Thanksgiving. That would be huge, and I'm kind of curious to follow that story. Yeah, I, we'll definitely be following that. I, I'm interested to see what happens with the IPO because uh, this Lectech, which is another website we go to a lot for some of our stories, uh, they had a, just a little bit note about the battery. So last week, before they delivered this first vehicle, the EPA stuff came out for the the R1T mm. and the R1S. Yeah, and they're marked as the least efficient electric vehicles available. So mm. that's right behind a tad behind the Porsche Taycan. Uh, but the article here in Electech says, to be fair, they're also the largest electric vehicle, so it was expected. At a 70-mile-per-gallon E range, they're still above three times more efficient than a gas-powered pickup vehicle or a large SUV. And as for the first electric truck to get an EPA rating, this gives us an idea of where future electric trucks will land as far as performance goes. The R1T consumes approximately 480 watt-hours watt per mile. I don't know how to work this out as far as what this costs you in electricity. That's that's going to be kind of what we have to work on in the future here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we can project similar consumption from the Tesla Cybertruck, the Ford F-150 Lightning, the GMC Hummer, and so on. Thus, in order to get 400-mile range, these trucks will need a battery pack approaching a whopping 200 kilowatt hours. The largest EV packs on the road are currently around 100 kilowatt hour. It's a lot of math. Yeah, it's a lot of math. A lot of there. math. A lot of math. And they'll throw things like, oh, you know, 200 kilowatt hour, this and that. The bottom line for me would be, what does it cost to charge it overnight? Yeah. Well, I still think it's probably going to be like a quarter of a tank gas, but but with fossil fuels and they're going to raise taxes in order to compensate for the lack of gas money. Believe me, by the time it's all said and done, mm-hmm. you're going to wish you had enough solar panels to power this thing yourself. Well, somebody, a friend of ours has a Chevy Bolt and they went to renew their plates. Oh, they have to pay more. I, yeah, he goes. Do you know how much the renewal is? A lot more. Two fifty. I said, "What?" Well, I thought it was more than that. Okay, uh, I think it was two fifty. Uh, there, it might have been. I can't there, there was word that Illinois is going to raise the the registration tax on EV cars to like a thousand dollars. Yeah, because they don't pay gas fuel taxes. Tax. Yeah, 
And I always thought there was incentives. They incentivized it, and the EV plates were cheaper or something yeah. like that. But that might other have states changed. do. Illinois is like, oh, wait a second, we need that money. <laughs> yeah. we need that money, money, money. We need all that cash. It's it's another. It, we we come back to though as more and more of these vehicles, especially you know trucks and things like SUVs, things that are that p- consumers want. And once those versions become electric, and people are just like, oh, okay, and maybe I'll my next truck might be an EV. More and more of those vehicles take the roads. You're going to have to figure out the funding formula because the gasoline tax ain't it. It's yeah, not and this out. vehicle, this uh, R1T, is just as heavy as any other vehicle on the road. It's so, putting more wear and tear, just like any other yeah, truck. Yeah, exactly. So you can't even say, "Oh, it's super light." Like it's not like a uh, Honda Insight or something like that. This right. this thing is chewing up just as much pavement as everything else. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Anyway, are you ready for this, Daryl? Yeah. Speaking of EVs and people who create them, oh. is it that time? All right. So if you have a hearing impairment. Hearing impairment, I please ask you turn down your headphones right now. It's time for your moment of must. Oh, Elon's mad. Elon tweeted this week he was calling foul on the proposed tax credit, and those expansions for the tax credit excluded Tesla, Daryl. Are you aware of this? According to Mole Cars Catalog. I don't even know what Mole's Car Catalog is. They made a tweet earlier. It says, My mouth was on the floor when they expanded it to $4,500 for unions and reduced the American made to only $500. He was talking about the tax credits for EV vehicles. The $2,500 for unions was already ridiculous, but they expanded it to $4,500 under this new proposal. They are clearly targeting one company here, at Elon Musk. Well, Elon responded to Mole Cars Catalog. I'm guessing this has something to do with Mars. I have no idea. Probably. Yeah. Uh, Elon, who doesn't even put his real name on his Twitter account anymore, said, This was written by Ford and UAW lobbyists as they make their electric car in Mexico. Not obvious how this serves American taxpayers. And that was his tweet. Uh, Elon's a little mad right now. I don't know if you're aware of this right now. The the proposed expansion for EV credits uh, in an effort to offset the cost of electronic cars is up to $12,500. That's a lot of money. It might help drive the adoption of EVs. And so it would be a win for electric car makers and drivers alike. But criticism has been part uh, that gives an unfair advantage to automakers like Ford and GM and Chrysler that make union-made vehicles. Of course... This rules out Tesla cars since the car makers resisted efforts to unionize its production plants. It also rules out EVs from Tesla or from Toyota and Honda, which have both taken the exception to propose EV credits per Electech. And that is your moment of blessing. Basically, the federal government is 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 worked with American companies and decided to work up a program. And I guess there's so many lobbyists involved, we'll never really know the nuts and bolts of the whole situation, but. You know, Elon prides himself on being an outsider, mm-hmm. and when you're an outsider and and you run your mouth like this, you run this risk, right? So I, I think the only thing you can do if you're him is you have to work against this. I think there's also, too, in the last few years, the last you know four or five years especially, there's been a, an increase in making things a little more, uh, I, I don't want to say incentivizing, but bringing bringing production back here. Yeah. Uh, I know Ford got gigged. I mean, during the Trump years, there was a lot of talk about moving plants and moving jobs to Mexico and things in production. And then all of a sudden everybody started paying attention like, "Oh, wait a minute. You know, we need we need jobs here in the states." That seems to be like this political football that keeps coming up over and over and over again. And you know, it's one of the reasons that people are starting to pay attention to where their stuff is made. 
And I've heard so many people since the chip shortage. Well, how come we don't have chips you know, here in the States? How come we got to get them from overseas? And why is there delays and all this? Well, <laughs> because nobody wants to pay f- what things are worth. Nobody wants to pay the workers who build them <laughs> what they're worth. Nobody yeah. wants to do all this stuff. They want to pay as little as possible and have stuff readily available. And the trouble is we've seen how that plays out. Uh, I don't know. Gigafactories over in China and all kinds of things like that. I would love to see things all start to be a little bit more equitable, but -hmm. I don't think that's going to happen, especially when we're talking about... Uh, oh, you're typing the phrase here, crony capitalism? Crony capitalism. That's okay. that's the tr- I was It was that's Jeremy. Tr- but crony capitalism is whenever the fe- – whether it's like our local uh, Peoria uh, government going in there and deciding that Pierre Marquette is something they should invest in. Right. That's crony capitalism. They right. give money to a local individual in order to try and make something happen. A developer walks away with $9 million. Yeah. Taxpayers are on the hook when it default falls apart. Yes, yeah. yeah. So uh, crony capitalism, again, I th- – I understand where this is going. I agree with you. I mean, we want to try and incentivize the work being done in the United States. But at that at that time, just because the job's a union job in Detroit doesn't mm-hmm. devalue it, it shouldn't devalue a job that's done in Alabama or Tennessee by right. by a factory that likely has had a union vote at some point in its life, right? Right. Yeah. So it's not like I actually I think Volkswagen. We talked about this early on the show. Volkswagen, that's right. uh, took, Hyundai. Took, yeah. All these all these factories have had an opportunity. So what the manufacturers do, and just like I'm talking like Elon, he's going to have to step up and raise his game in order to compete with us. That's the same thing that Volkswagen had to do. They, they will have to do more for their employees in order to battle off having unions. Whether they decide the unions are a bad thing or a good thing, you know, they'll right. have to decide financially what's best for them. And it could be raising the wages, better working conditions, yeah. things like that. I mean, one of the things when, when we, lived, we lived in Indiana, the Toyota, de, uh, Toyota plant down there, they were paying much more than union uh, GM facilities in Missouri and Kansas and things like that. And people wanted to work there. It was one of those things. Like, I, I, I want to work here. And I, yeah. and they weren't a, a UAW shop. But the people there were happy. They took care of them. And they they were – that region was more than happy to support that that plant. Yeah. They needed the jobs. Yeah. So – I don't know, dude. It'll be fun to see what happens here. I, I think that he has enough swagger, and there's certainly enough people that are on the. Uh, I dude, I even my dentist got a Tesla this week. You know, really? Yeah, he's from Tremont, and his wife had a. She had a Lexus. She had uh, a nice Toyota Highlander, but uh, this week they decided they were going to get a Tesla. You Where'd know? they go? Chicago? Well, or? I imagine. I yeah. don't know. You know, yeah. I, it'd be interesting to see. I've known so many people with Tesla experiences over the years. My friend worked for him. I've had a couple friends who owned him. And, uh, you know, nobody ever wants to tell you the terrible stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, one of my friends in Texas, they were driving a loaner car for six months while their Tesla was in the shop. Really? Okay. Yeah. So I'd be interested to see, you know, what happens with, uh, with my dentist. I just want to drive one. I want to drive one because I hear they're wicked fast. I, 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 I've ridden in one. My buddy Stork had one. It was, it was pretty cool. It was neat. Yeah. No buttons, though. No, nothing tactile. I kind of have, have buttons. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. No, I like yeah. buttons, too. Like all buttons right. Too. So final segment of the show, folks. All right. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. Daryl and I, and, and we do it more so now than we ever have done in the past. <laughs> we literally sit down and, and we text each other pictures and stories of cars, and, and it's whether it's on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist. It seems like right now Marketplace is smoking hot. I don't have to really look too far else. I mean, you go into Market... Well, and here's what Marketplace does. Hey, look. I'm looking up MR2s this week. 
Well, do you know what's going to happen tomorrow when I pull up my Facebook page and go to Facebook Marketplace? I'm going to see every MR2 within 250 miles. Here's some other items you might be interested yeah. in. I don't even care about MR2s anymore. Oh, sailboats? You looked at sailboats two weeks ago. Yeah, you're going to see those too. <laughs> anyway, but I skip. I, I, I buck the whole trend here, Daryl. I know we, we cruise every car site, and we look at them, yeah. and we decide that we're going to own this car. We're going to live in this car. This is our dream car. Five minutes ago, I didn't even know what this car was. But now, it's a car I'm going to spend the rest of my life in. That's what Cars of the Week is. Cars of the Week, W-E-A-K. Well, this week, Daryl, I fell in love with a car. I fell in, right. I'm not sure if it was Ava Gardner, but I fell in love with a car. I was watching uh, The Barefoot Contessa. Oh, yeah. Are you familiar with The Barefoot oh, yes, Contessa? Yes, yes, it's a Humphrey yes, yes. Bogart movie from the 1950s. And uh, it's a weird little movie, but it was, it was filmed in Italy. It's by an Italian film crew, and... It's got some really cool cars. Well, at one point, Ava Gardner pulls up. She's dr- and I had to go to the Internet Movie Car Database, as Daryl coached me on. I think maybe it's a on great episode site. T- it is a great site. Uh, and I found out she was driving a Fiat 1400. It was a convertible. Okay. And I thought to myself, well, this is a Fiat. And there are some expensive Fiats. But looking at this car, it doesn't look that super expensive. And I, it looks to me like it's a pedestrian sedan. Uh, you know, but it has a little bit of eyeball to it, but it's nothing super special. A little roadster? Yeah, a little roadster. But it, not even a roadster. It, it's, it's kind of boxy. Okay. And I thought, well, this is a cool car. Now, what would it take to find a car like this? And this turned into insanity, Daryl. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but the 1500 um, or the 1400 was never really made into a convertible. This was more of a, a utility sedan car made by Fiat. And then coach work companies would come and they would take these and they'd make them into convertibles or they'd make them two-tone. But mm, uh, Fiat okay. didn't necessarily do that. So this Ghia, uh transformable is what the, the one she was driving in the Barefoot Contessa. It was like a lime green with a dark green side panel with the white wall tires. It was a two-door coupe convertible. Yeah, the screenshot here you have is the green one is absolutely beautiful. It is gorgeous. So. The quest led me along the way to Hemmings, <laughs> and there was a story about the Fiat 1400 on Hemmings. And if you go to Hemmings, they'll actually lead you to their Instagram page, which leads to a cover photo of a 1400 from 1952 that was uh, on the cover of their magazine because it was such a highly softer car. This was a Kirk Douglas car from a movie called The Racers, hmm. and it was a black body with a white side with the white walls, and it's a cool car. Well... I can tell you now, I looked all over for this car. I'm like, okay, it's Cars of the Week. I'm going to own this car. I'm going to love this car, Daryl. I don't care if this car costs a half million dollars. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> yeah, I guess, don't blame you. Guess what? There's none out there. This car doesn't exist. They don't exist. No, either. this car does not exist. But it also led me to a website called autobell.it. And I like to call it Autobella. 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 I don't know if that's correct or not, and I'm probably going to insult some Italian folks who are listening to the show because I'm sure you know this is what you've been waiting for this whole time. Right, we're huge in Italy, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I know. Well, or Burkina Faso, or <laughs> Burkina Faso. That is true. Yeah, true. Uh, we're the number one auto podcast in Burkina Faso, by the way. Uh, auto Bella. It's a a u t o b e l l e dot i t. You can you can convert it. To English, it's an Italian page. It's basically I don't know if it's Bring a Trailer for Italy. I don't know if it's Auto Trader for Italy. But Autobella.it, holy smokes, man! Hit the English translation and just start going through the cars on this this site. 
Wow. It got me the closest to the Fiat 1400, but I didn't quite land on the car I wanted. But what I did find, Daryl, what this all comes down to, Daryl, is I found a nice little car here. I found a La Flamina Touring Convertible. And uh, it's black. She's sleek. And I don't have a whole lot to tell you here, okay? Um, this, yeah, this is that longer one here that, yeah. uh, with the four headlights. Yeah, it's got a, uh, it's got touring bodywork. The car's pretty much restored. It uh, there was only 180 of these cars made. It's got 150 horsepower, but it's got the chrome front bumper. It's got the the four round headlights in the front. It's got the nice grill and the black top. It's rear wheel drive, four speed manual transmission, and this is a 1963 Lancia, basically. Uh, they were stock versions similar to the 1400, but this company basically made a touring edition of it. It's a cool car. The price was available on request, Daryl. So, so if you have to ask. I didn't ask. Okay. I thought, because first off, <laughs> if I sent a request from the United States uh-huh. asking asking for the price of this car, first, there's two things that would happen. Either I wouldn't get a response, or two, they would never leave me alone. Yeah, you'd, a, you'd get hounded for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. But this car uh, was pretty cool. It, it looks a little bit like the Fiat, but it has that Italian vibe to it, and it totally, uh, oh, yeah. on our next drive to the mounds in Iowa, I could look pretty pretty darn good in this. And my wife could look pretty sexy in the passenger seat. So. I'll tell you what, it, it reminds me of a, a Maserati or something. A little, it's, it's a little bit bigger than your typical... Italian sports, you know, roadster. It's it's more of a more of a touring car. Yeah, a little longer wheelbase. Uh, you've got a li- wider stance. It's got really nice lines. And I've, I'll be honest, I haven't seen any of the cars that you've highlighted here. <laughs> but now I want to go to Italy. I want to get an espresso. <laughs> I want to go back in time and find Ava Gardner from 1954. Oh yeah, I, I, my best line on that whole thing. Her her stinky gypsy. <laughs> what I say here. So, did, did the Barefoot Contessa, you know the movie, right? I do. Yeah, Ava Gardner drives 1950s Fiat 1400. When she becomes the wife of the Duke, her friend and mentor, Humphrey Bogart, didn't have a cool car. And then what I say here, on a quest to find... Oh, I, where was it? Did you delete it? No, it's down here. I go on a quest to find a cool, a cool Italian convertible for my virtual collection. If I could find one that still smelled like a dirty-footed gypsy dancing Ava Gardner, that's... <laughs> That'd be a bonus. That'd be a bonus. <laughs> and I'll be taking that dirt to, on the floorboards for forensics and scanning later. Thank it's, you. Anyway. It's slightly creepy, but <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm with you there. That's also where, if anybody knows the Ina Garden show on Food Network, Barefoot Contessa, that's where she stole that from. Oh, yeah. She stole that. She's on a Roman holiday and thought she was fashionable or something. There you go. All right. So, Daryl, that's my car. Dude. This is probably the most expensive and most exotic car I've pulled on Cars of the Week in a long time. Uh, so, that Autobella site, autobella.it, check that out. As Eric said, you will find all kinds. If you're into anything. European. European. You will find it there. You will find it. Extremely expensive, <laughs> but you will find it like so. By the way, all the photos of those cars, oh, yeah. they photograph. You could take a Porsche 911. Everyone knows what that looks like. You could take a picture of it here in the States and be like, eh, it's a cool car. Over there, it's like, it's in its natural habitat. Yeah. You know, somewhere in the, uh, I don't what do they call it? Not Autostrasse, Auto is German. What do they call it in Italy? Like the, the, the highways. Oh, I have no idea. But I, I've been there, but I, I don't know what they called them, but... Yeah, amazing. But you're right. It's just the backdrop of every picture. I mean, because yeah, there's a villa. You know, every car is like right. parked in a villa on a cobblestone. Yeah, because that's just casually everywhere. 
And no matter what, you would buy, even if you were super rich here in the States, you bought that, you had it imported here, it wouldn't be the same. No. You could put a Schwinn bicycle in some front of those driveways, you'd be like, that's the best looking Schwinn I've ever seen. Yeah. Just, but... I'd have to have one of the basket and the baguette and a bottle of Chianti and yeah. just go right off and yeah. drink but if, and But eat. if you did that in Peoria, not bringing the same eyeball. No, yeah. not not really. Great choice. I applaud your uh, your taste, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Salute. 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 Yeah. Um, but again, uh, side of the week. I mean, I mean that's that's a great one. Dude, check that out. I love this, too, the last line. The car is on display at our showroom in Reggio Emilia, Italy. Yeah. Reggio. Gosh. Reggio. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so mine is not as cool, my friend. I actually went back in time a little bit earlier, and I blame our friend Gabe for this. Yeah, I, I would say that this looks like a direct descendant of, of what you've been working on for the last two weeks. Yeah, anything with white wall balloon-style tires and wood spoke wheels, <laughs> and maybe you have to crank it to start it. Which scares the shit out of me. <laughs> right? It's a little, a little frightening. <laughs> yeah. But this thing I actually found up in Volo, uh, Illinois, just north of here, about three hours close to my own stopping ground. The Volo Museum Auto Sales is world-renowned for having really, really cool old stuff and a lot of muscle cars for a period of time. But they also do a fair amount of really nicely restored original stuff. And they have, right now, in their in their museum's auto sales gallery, a 1915 Buick C25 touring car. And that basically looks, if you picture it like a Model T, but multiply it like three times the size... That's oh, really? what this is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and this guy, is, it's it's uh, black fenders, black body, black interior, black top. Kind of boring, but it has giant wood wheels, white wall tires, and they are th- actually 33-inch tires on this I was going to say, what are these, 20s? But okay, yeah. They're 33s. It's it's almost like a, a wagon, like a, uh, yeah, like yeah. wagon wheels. Yeah, they're very, very similar. Looks like, a you know, your early horseless carriage, which looked like a Conestoga wagon with a motor. Uh, it's a goofy little thing, but twenty nine thousand nine hundred ninety eight dollars is what they're asking, and that might seem like a lot of money, and it is. But <laughs> car's one hundred six years old. It looks really nice. It was older uh, restoration. Car cost nine hundred and fifty dollars when it was new, and it was a premium motor car. Buicks were really well well known, well renowned. Uh, founded by David Dunbar Buick, I believe. But they weren't like a Packard or a Cadillac. They weren't you know for the super wealthy, but it. If you, let's say you were the president of the bank, you probably have one of these. Because so, you were talking about the size. And so, I mean, mm-hmm. size matters. But uh, so, I mean, this car, was there more gravitas? I mean, were you like a, a, an upper echelon citizen by driving a car like this versus. Yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't. It, the, everything's black. That's what I don't get. Back in the day, is everything black like that? No, they had, they had a fair amount of colors, but uh, to be honest, black was probably cheap and it was easy to repair. Okay. That was the other thing, too. If you got into a fender bender, I mean, it was easy. You never had to color match. You never okay. had to worry about pinstripes and all that. You just, you know, shoot it and it's shiny, good, shine it up, get it out the door. And a lot of the uh, the early Model Ts actually had, I think, four different colors. Model A is the same way. There were there were there were colors out there, but um, traditionally, a lot of the stuff was black. This guy it actually um, it's not as ornate as some of the Buicks that we we know, but early on, these things were just crank them out and get them out there and and kind of get them out into the wild. Um, it's got leather seats, genuine leather seats, probably stuffed with horse hair or something. And, <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of gross. Sm- I guarantee it has a smell. It definitely does. Solid, big old solid car, 28 horsepower, four-cylinder motor with a gear-driven speedometer on the front wheel. 
uh, kind of like a bicycle, mm-hmm. if you ever had a Speedo on your bike. And, uh, yeah, I really think it'd be a cool car to have. Again, you're not going to drive cross-country in it, but I, I would just love to putter around the, the neighborhood just a few times and then put in the garage, rub it with a diaper for another 106 years. So, <laughs> so okay, so knowing what you know now, with dealing with Gabe's car, and, yeah. I, and I even look at, like, knowing what you know about Gabe's car and then looking at this Lancey I was looking at from 1960s. Mm-hmm. There's so much to know, and and there's so few resources, yeah. uh, and I sometimes think they're getting fewer and fewer. I'll agree with that. Yeah, it's so that everything scares me more. You know, if it's older than mm-hmm. the, the '60s, are we getting in that era now where you better be a mechanic of some sort to play with this stuff or have total patience? Yeah, I think you have to at least have the willingness and the and like you said the patience to 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 learn. If you have a basic knowledge of how things work mechanically, anything's possible. There's nothing here. And keep in mind too when these things were made, roads were largely dirt, yeah. you know. The city streets were paved with bricks. There wasn't a lot of easily <laughs> uh what do you call it? Getting from point A to point B wasn't easy. And the cars took a lot of abuse. And that's why you see cars that have – anybody that was rich had a car with those dual side mounts that have spare tires on the front fenders. Yeah, yeah. Well, that wasn't – it wasn't to show that you were rich, although it later became a status symbol. It was you had enough money to never have a flat tire because you would always have a flat tire driving somewhere. Yeah. The rich people would take pleasure tours, and they'd, they'd go out in the country, and they'd drive to another city, and it was a big deal. And they had the means to do it. But you also were – even if you were rich – you were changing a spare tire on the side of a dirt road. It had to be easy. Uh, I think a lot of these cars are very simple. You just have to know what makes them tick. Dude, when these people, uh, you ever read the stories about the people who like drive out to John Muir and to Muir Woods and mm-hmm. do like Yosemite and stuff like that? Yeah, it seems insane to me now after seeing Gabe's car. Yeah, to think do that. that. Yes, <laughs> do that. Any kind of cross uh, cross continental tour. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you had to have buckets of water in the car, mm-hmm. and you didn't have like screw on lids for anything, you know, back then. So, no, you had bags. Some of some of they had uh, they had like a little zippered pouch that you just fill with water. It was photo bags. Yeah, <laughs> probably had like a la- you know lamb or a and how much oil? Gut. How much oil were they shoving these cars across these trips? A I mean, lot. Every you, time you fill up for gas, you probably had to fill up for oil, right? Yeah, a lot of these early ones, they would have the their valve trains were exposed. So you'd have to manually oil the stuff up and it just shoot out like over air, time. Like those World War One airplanes or something? Very much. Wow. So, yeah, fascinating stuff. And it's, uh, it's, it's neat to see those survive. But they're, like you said, they're a lot of work to keep on the road. Oh, it's great for Cars of the Week. It means uh, I owned it in my mind, <laughs> but I don't have to own it in real life. You still could fly to Italy and pick one up someday. 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 All right. Well, that's it for Throwing Wrenches podcast for this week. We hope you enjoyed yourselves. Um, if you would, please get on there and make an iTunes review, for God's sakes, man. <laughs> I have no greater pleasure in my life than to read those iTunes reviews, okay? And I share them to Daryl, and I post them on the Facebook page, and I laugh and cry. And, you know, no, they're actually generally good. So thank you, everybody. There, appreciate it. All right. So, again, we appreciate your support. This is Eric Stahl. I'm Daryl Scott. See you next time. <laughs>